0: Today, we will be discussing Season 1, Episode 20, the Season Finale, titled, There's More Than One of Everything. A fan-freaking-tastic final episode of the season, Uh, it takes the ZFT, David Robert Jones- Storyline and brings it to a close so so brilliantly. It set the it sets the stage for some really incredible stuff for season two that I cannot wait get it to get into more at length. There's just so much going on here, and it's a really a really amazing conclusion to a really fantastic debut season. Uh, so for like the first. I'd say two-thirds of this episode. There are basically two storylines running parallel to one another uh, that eventually do intersect, and we'll talk about that intersection point later on, but for the most part, for the majority of this episode, they run parallel to one another. We'll start by talking about the more grandiose of those two storylines. Nina's attack. Remember, at the end of the last episode, Nina got attacked in her apartment building, and she survived. She's all good. She's alive. Uh, She got some surgery. Her arm went all wonky as a result of the attack. They fixed that. Nina Sharp is all good. But... We find out that an energy cell that was hidden in her arm by William Bell was taken by her attacker, David Robert Jones. And David Robert Jones, by the way, it's worth mentioning, looks like garbage. Uh, The teleporter Uh, it is continuing to just completely decay, uh, his entire body, uh, his body is continuing to rebel against being disassembled and reassembled on a molecular level, unsurprisingly. So, he just looks like crap, his face is wrapped in bandages, like, he looks awful, he looks really, really awful. He looks, honestly, he looks more disgusting than usual. (laughs) Because David Robert Jones, and this is a credit to Jared Harris and how great of an antagonist he plays, but David Robert Jones always looked kind of slimy and gross, even from that first moment we met him in that German prison. But now he's, like, just uber disgusting. He is, like, uber ugly. And it's... Really, really, like, it's a horror show to look at that man. It really, really is. But he's using this energy cell to open doors to a parallel universe. We have that great moment where he's on uh, that street and is pointing this machine with the energy cell in it, like, in the middle of this street. And, like, this wall opens up, this portal opens up, and the truck comes through, and the portal, because they're at the wrong coordinates, shuts, like, on the truck, and we get half a truck through the portal. The driver dies on impact. Charlie and Olivia investigate later, and they find that, like, the truck was just never made. (laughs) Like, that truck doesn't exist in our world. So David Robert Jones is actively opening up portals to alternate universes, trying to find one stable enough to walk through. And it's at this point that we kind of get the David Robert Jones character biography from Nina Sharp. Uh, Basically, David Robert Jones once worked at Massive Dynamic. In fact, he was one of their first employees. And... He thought of William Bell as a personal mentor, perhaps even a father figure, to a certain extent. Like, he looked up to William Bell in a really amazing way. But, for reasons we don't really know, Massive Dynamic fired him. Very early on. And he had this, like, personal resentment... For William Bell in particular, for failing to recognize how special he was. For failing to recognize how uh, great and amazing he was. uh, He felt betrayed by his mentor. And he now has this, this desire to show off. To William Bell. Now his desire to get William Bell to acknowledge how great he is. In fact, pretty much everything he's done up until this point, pretty much everything he's done with ZFT up until this point has mostly been to show off. Has mostly been just to say, hey, William Bell, I'm here. I I do good things. I do great. I I do skin growth toxin. I do vampire lady. That sounded wrong. I do Cortexa fan subjects. I do Parasite in Mitchell Loeb's heart. I, I do all of this. I do Teleporter. I do Walk Through Walls. Like, a lot of this has been just flat out showing off to William Bell saying, hey, look at me. Look how great I am. And by the way, Nina... ...in this story is continuing to double down on... ...William Bell's not a bioterrorist... ...William Bell's not a bioterrorist... ...William Bell's not a bioterrorist... ...William Bell's not a bioterrorist. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. Livia still has suspicions on that front, but whatever. So basically, what David Robert Jones is doing now... ...is he's trying to find William Bell... ...and most likely kill him. And where is William Bell... He's been uh, very elusive throughout the entirety of this series so far. We haven't been able to track him down, and Nina finally reveals he's not on this world. He's in an entirely separate universe. He is on the other side. So, David Robert Jones is trying to get through to the other side, trying to get through to that other universe so he can find William Bell and so that he can kill him. Uh, he ever since he got out, was making a lot of the increasingly aggressive calls to Massive Dynamic until he found out that William Bell was on the other other side uh, demanding a meeting with him. So David Robert Jones is fully obsessed with William Bell. In fact, let me say this, not entirely out of the question that David Robert Jones would spread the uh, quote-unquote lie throughout ZFT that William Bell's funding us. William Bell, we're being funded by William Bell and this would go down to Nick Boone. Not inconceivable. Not inconceivable. Just saying. Not saying that's what happened. I'm just saying, at this stage of the story, it is not inconceivable that that's what happened. But anyway, we now have to track where David Robert Jones is, why he's choosing the locations that he is to open up these portals. We had the street, uh, we had that one uh, soccer field with the kid that got sliced in half when he tried to go through the portal. Uh, And he keeps trying and failing, trying and failing, trying and failing. And then Olivia Dunham... Finds a connection between the places he's gone and the pattern. She basically maps out every pattern-related incident on record and realize that the two spots that we looked at, the two spots that David Robert Jones tried... We're at the center of, like, clusters of pattern-related incidents. Now, the way Nina explains this is... There are certain soft spots... In the universe. Where, basically... And I forget the exact wording, so apologies if I get this super, super wrong. Apologies if I get this exposition dump super, super wrong. But, basically... There are places where sort of molecular cohesion, sort of natural cohesion of the universe has sort of lessened and lessened and lessened, weakened and weakened and weakened, to the point where the boundaries between worlds have become lesser and lesser and lesser, almost malleable. And... Up until recently, these spots have been very, very rare. The Bermuda Triangle and a few others. But, then pesky science and technology got involved. And humanity started to advance and advance and advance and advance and advance and advance and advance, and advance so much that we started violating the laws of nature. A.K.A. pattern-related incident. Which basically made these soft spots appear more radically, more uh, erratically. Basically, made these soft spots appear more frequently, hastened the decay of the universe. And we keep searching all these soft spots, mapping out these pattern incidents, and. We find, we look at the oldest of pattern cases, the oldest incidents on file. And those old pattern incidents all have at their center Raiden Lake. Now it's at this point that we talk about what the hell's going on with Walter. What the hell is happening on the Walter front? Last we saw him, Walter was accosted by the Observer, saying very ominously, it's time to go. Which, by the way, really great Rorschach test. test. Uh, show that scene to your friends. Show that scene to as many friends as possible, and ask how many think it's, like, some Grim Reaper type thing. Because when I've shown this show to people a weirdly large percentage think after watching that scene, oh, wait, is this, like, is the Observer, like, some Grim Reaper type? Is Walter gonna die? Because, like, that is very much, that very much feels like a Grim Reaper type moment. In fact, I didn't say anything when I talked about the last episode, because I didn't want to imply any, uh, one way or the other. I didn't want to imply anything. Uh, but it's just... It's weird. It's it's very, very weird. Show that last scene with Walter and the Observer from Season 1, Episode 19 of Fringe to your friends and figure out how many think it's a Grim Reaper-type situation. Like, I'd love to see someone crunch the numbers on that. I'd love to see someone uh, do that social experiment. Uh, please call in on the Anchor app if you have the results of that because... It's a it's a really interesting Rorschach test to see who thinks it, who views it as Grim Reaper and who views it as observer wants something from Walter. It's it's very it's a very strange dichotomy. Anyway, this is not the Grim Reaper. The observer is not the Grim Reaper, although it would be freaking cool if he was. Uh, I will admit that. The observer guides Walter to this beach house. Uh, That his family owned since Peter was a kid. And the Observer says, hey, listen. You need to go in there. You need to find something. Do you remember what you need to find? And Walter doesn't remember. And the Observer's like, try to remember. It's very important that you find it. It's very important that you find this super major thing. And then the Observer just leaves. Meanwhile, Peter and Astrid and all of them are, like, going nuts over, where's Walter, where's Walter, where, where, where's Walter, where's Walter? Olivia's worried that uh, what she said to him was the cause of him leaving, and Peter's like, hey, listen, I get why you had to say what you said. Walter does too. You caught him off guard. That's all. It's fine. This is not your fault in any way. It's okay. And, like, the FBI is searching for Walter. Massive Dynamics searching for Walter. Eventually, we find him. They get security footage of him on this train in this random place. And Peter makes a connection. Okay, this is near our old beach house. He goes there, finds Walter, and... We have him trying to calm Walter down to help him uh, figure out what he needs to find. And I love, I love, 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 love. I, man, way too much of this discussion of Fringe on a daily basis is me praising how brilliant of an actor John Noble is. But holy crap, John Noble's a brilliant actor. I'll just say that. I'll reiterate that as much as I, as much as is humanly possible, Uh, as much as I possibly can. But John Noble does a really fantastic job here of just showing how frustrated and how pissed off and how distraught Walter is over not knowing what he's supposed to be looking for. And not being able to find what he's supposed to be looking for. Like, he he just freaking nails it. How did this man never get all the Emmys? How did that not happen? Television Academy. What the hell? <laughs> Why? Why you do? Why you do? So, eventually, when Peter gives a whole monologue about how he was a kid and he remembers coming up there uh, and every Saturday he'd smell pancakes in the morning and know he was there because he was making pancakes and all of that and this jogs Walter's memory and is like okay I know what I need to do I know uh, what I have to find and he finds this device that's essentially a plug, a patch he talks to Peter about how uh, he and William Bell were looking for ways to cross over to alternate universes. Uh, William Bell's uh, avenue was Cortexafan. And Walter opened up a portal at one of these soft spots and said, and basically he tells Peter that. One day he lost something, something very precious to him, and he wanted to go to this other universe and take it and bring it back. And so he went there. But after that, he wanted to have this insurance policy so nothing would come from the other side over here. So in case it ever needed to happen, he made this plug, he made this patch, Basically, they now have to close this portal in Raiden Lake. And here is where our two storylines intersect. David Robert Jones descends on Raiden Lake. Walter and Peter descend on Raiden Lake. Uh, The FBI, led by Olivia, descend on Raiden Lake. There's this very hilarious moment where Walter and Peter get accosted by the FBI because they think they're ZFD. And, and Olivia is just like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. They're with me. They're with me. It's all good. They're fine. They're, they're they're totally okay. And the the hilarious moment where Olivia just looks at Walter and Peter and is like, what are you doing here? And Walter's like, we're trying to plug a hole in the universe. What are you doing here? <laughs> Apparently the same thing. <laughs> Uh, but then we have this big altercation with ZFT, with David Robert Jones, uh, this big shootout occurring where David Robert Jones is trying to open this portal, open this portal, open this portal, open this portal. Uh, his soldiers are trying to hold off the FBI. Olivia goes up to him, having taken out all of his men. David Robert Jones opens the portal and Olivia's like, hey, stop. No, if you take one more step, I shoot. And then David Robert Jones completely ignores her and just keeps walking towards the portal. And Olivia shoots him, and he feels nothing. So, apparently, the teleporter, while it is very much killing him, also, uh, gave him some abilities that make him very special, in his own words. So, uh, yeah, David Robert Jones is basically invincible now, which is very bad <laughs> for obvious reasons. And then he starts going through the portal. Literally at the moment he starts stepping through is when Peter activates, like, the plug, the patch, uh, the whatever. Closes the portal on David Robert Jones, splitting him almost exactly down the middle. And that is the end of David Robert Jones. Take that, you freaking Brit! <laughs> you scary... Terrifying, devious Brit. <laughs> yes, the Brits have been defeated. Woo! <laughs> USA, USA, USA. <laughs> oh, this stupid war I launched with the Brits for no apparent reason. Ah. <sighs> Honestly, it's probably a good thing that we're stopping that bit. (laughs) It's probably for the best that that bit has ended. Uh, But, yeah, David Robert Jones is dealt with. Cut off the head of ZFT. Everything's all good. Portal's been closed. So Raiden Lake's dealt with. And, yeah, we're all good. Uh, Unfortunately, though, Uh, Fringe Division gets ordered to cease their investigation into William Bell. Uh, In Broyles' words, the order came from the kind of people that when they give you an order, you don't question it. So, it's now out of their hands. They can no longer investigate William Bell's connection to ZFT. Walter leaves again almost immediately, leaving a note this time. Saying like, "Hey, I'm stepping out for a minute. Don't worry, I know where I'm going." And Peter's like, "You know what? He left a note. Our boy's growing up. Let's uh, let's uh, let's let him out for a little bit. Like, we'll we'll deal with him later. If he if he doesn't come back, then we'll look for him. But let's give him this chance." And where does Walter go? He goes to a graveyard. And. Stands in front of a particular tombstone. That belongs to... Peter Bishop! Um... 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 Um. Yeah. That uh Yeah. That that's a thing. That that's a that's a thing that exists. Uh so um Yeah. I'll let that speak for itself for the moment. Mostly because if I go on a monologue about this, I'm definitely going to spoil what this means. You might be able to guess. You might not be able to guess. Uh, Suffice it to say... Holy shit. But then there's one more plot point we must dissect. Olivia Dunham gets a call from Nina Sharp saying, Hey... Range you a meeting with William Bell. Go to this place at this time. And it'll all be great. It'll all be good. And then Olivia goes there. And after a very near car crash. Goes to this place. William Bell's a no-show. Nina Sharp's a no-show. There is uh, no one here. And so she starts to leave, but then when she's in the elevator, some weird zappity-zap happens. And she ends up in this random corridor. She's guided through there to an office. We see a paper with the headline, Obama's Move Into New White House. And then someone comes in and says... I've waited a long time for this. I've waited a long time to meet you. And Olivia's like, where am I? Who are you? And we get the great line. The answer to your first question is rather complicated. The answer to the second, I'm William Bell. Played, by the way, by Leonard Nimoy, the legendary Leonard Nimoy, who I cannot wait to talk about more extensively in this role. And then Olivia Dunham looks out the window and we get this great final shot, camera pull pans out, and we see... The Twin Towers! For those of you who don't know, this show was made in 2009, very much after 9-11. So this is the alternate... Universe. By the way, uh, funny story. So, when... When I first discovered this show and wanted to show it to pretty much everyone I knew. This was at a time when I was still in contact with my piece of shit of a father. And... We were watching it, we were watching it, we were watching it. We got to the end of the season one. We fill uh, We... We didn't film this. We had no involvement in production. I don't know why I said filmed. We watched this moment. And then the first words out of his mouth were, Oh, this was made before 9-11. And immediately, like, I just, like, I did the most aggressive facepalm I've ever done in my life. And I was just like, Father, this is the alternate universe. Like, I... If it was anyone else, I would have ridiculed him mercilessly, but uh, this was an abusive asshole, so I was very gentle about it, and I was like, no, father, this is, uh, this is the alternate universe, this was made in 2009, and he was like, oh, okay, like, man, my father... Not only was he an abusive, manipulative, narcissistic asshole, he was also a goddamn moron. (laughs) He was a very stupid, abusive, manipulative, narcissistic asshole. So, yeah. That's my fun story regarding this ending. Uh, But yeah, this... This was a great finale. And this whole season, this was an incredible debut to Fringe. Like, it... Introduced us to the world, the characters, the story, a lot of these ideas, a lot of these conflicts. It's a really, really fantastic introduction to this very complex mythology that the show ends up building. Uh, Of course, all that alternate universe stuff will play a huge part in the remainder of Fringe. Like, this is one of the biggest plot lines, one of the biggest moments in all of Fringe, one of the biggest uh, conflicts in all of Fringe, like most of the rest of the show will be surrounding alternate universes uh, but of course there will be a lot of other stuff in there, I, I cannot wait to talk about season 2 because season 2 doubles down on a lot of what season 1 brought to the table and it's uh, it's pretty good it's pretty, pretty good. Just saying. Uh, anyway, uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever Podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's the simplest just a push a button. On the Anchor app, I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, tomtom4468, and support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark. pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. On Monday, we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 1. Talk to you then.